Hello and welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, the show where we share stories and memories connected to the music that has shaped our lives. Hey y'all, I'm Stephanie Pena. I'm Stephanie Myers. How's it going, Talk Tuners? Hey, episode 39. Big time, Stephanie. My gosh. Wow. No, I didn't see that coming, honestly. Uh, We're (laughs) moving through it and we thank you guys for joining us, coming back time and time again. We hope you've had some fun as we've gone on this journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we have a great show lined up. And uh, as we normally do, we open up our sessions with um, some fun music chat prior to the main topic of the show. So, Stephanie, you were telling me you saw Roxy Music. That's amazing. Must share. Please let us know how that show was. Yeah, I'm going to talk about seeing the reunited Roxy Music, which was very exciting. I adore Roxy Music and Brian Ferry. I have uh, been a fan for so many years and they weren't together for a long time. Brian Ferry would do solo stuff. Um, He would solo tour, but uh, I never caught them in any iteration. And I finally got the chance to see them at the forum here in LA. Loved it. It was just a, it was just a wild trip. I Mm -hmm. thought it was fantastic. They played really all of their classics. They had great visuals um, kind of staged in the mm-hmm. background, which I thought was really cool, like just making it a really visual show. For folks who don't know, they were given the moniker like Art Rock, which I think is a little bit of a misnomer because if you look back on their early things, they were formative in yeah. kind of the glam world, uh, glam rock world, and people took a mm-hmm. lot from them actually because they would put on these like, you know, uh, glittery, crazy ass shows and they're fantastic. But yes, they were known for their visuals. Part of that was uh, when Brian Eno was with them too. And he's not in this iteration, but there was really everyone else, which was so cool as you can imagine. Yeah, no, it was great. They're obviously, they're obviously older um, than when they, you know, stuck the seventies, but they were fantastic. They, in the 70s, they had kind of, yeah, these over-the-top costumes and makeup. And that's, you know, that was their jam to mm-hmm. uh, pair, to pair with the music, right? And they pivoted a little. I know that. Yeah, yeah. And I would definitely check out, there's great clips of them doing tops of the Top of the Pops and others where they're in this full regalia. And for the time, like, that was so cool. I think Bowie and them borrowed from each other. And we're known for that, uh, just for that look. And everybody who probably listens to this show knows that I love my showmanship and they really (laughs) bring it. Um, I would say in the 80s and beyond, they kind of pivoted. And just in terms of their image, um, Brian Ferry as a frontman became known for his kind of bespoke suits on stage. And he brought that um, for this performance. And of course, he's got this very unique voice, this very uh, awesome voice. And he's such a magnetic stage presence. I was just, I was just blown away. It was like, oh my God, like this guy is just so good at what he does. So that was super, super cool. And it was in, you know, this arena form. So it was great to see them in that form. And then St. Vincent opened for them. So it was really, yeah, this amazing bill and she was fantastic, but uh, I thought that was a really cool pairing and it was a wonderful time and just 
great to see them in that form. Yeah. So question for you, Stephanie, because I definitely, I, I know Roxy music, but I'm not a big fan. Um, so sure. Me, yeah, I just, I just learned some, you know, some things from you there. Interesting that they are on tour with St. Vincent. So that crowd must have been pretty eclectic, like age range. <laughs> and yeah. Cause so tell me more about the crowd. That's cool. Yeah. It's a good question. I, uh, I kind of expected it to skew like quite a bit older and it was, um, I saw a lot of, uh, like 50s, 60s folks who I think were probably into Roxy at the time. Um, but, uh, I did see younger folks too. And then also for St. Vincent, uh, I just feel like she's got her own fan base. Right. And she's great. Yeah. Cause she has morphed just like they have which I really appreciate artists who can reinvent themselves um, and do that on a continuous basis. And she definitely has, you look at even the stuff she was doing, you know, 10 years ago, musically and image wise, it's actually very different than what she's doing now. I hear you a hundred percent there because I couldn't even imagine them being on the same bill. Right. I mean, wow. Okay. Not at yeah. all. That's awesome. What a what a yeah. experience for sure. Now, curious, did Brian Ferry do any of his solo stuff, or is it strictly Roxy? Actually, I think it was strictly Roxy because I've been looking at uh, your beloved setlist.fm, you know, before I go to yes. shows, and uh, he was supposed to close. Uh, he closed for all other dates with Jealous Guy, which was a, a solo song that he did. And for this one, he didn't close with that. Uh, they they cut it off one song beforehand. They just at that track. And I was like, okay, as we've talked about on the show, it's standard to change key, especially as artists age, because it's really hard to reach those high notes. And they definitely changed arrangements for him, which is again, standard practice, right. For legacy musicians. Um, Mm -hmm. But it didn't take away anything, I think from the, the power and kind of the real majesty of these songs. But yeah, to your point, I feel like there's a lot of folks who kind of don't necessarily know a lot about Roxy music, or just new to them, um, I'll say like they had kind of a colorful, you know, uh, personal side life uh, in the headlines too. Folks may know uh, Jerry Hall, the model Jerry Hall was with Brian Ferry. She left him for Mick Jagger. So like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. She's on the cover of the Siren album, which is I think my favorite Roxy music album. Definitely check that out if you're looking for a place to start. But I could literally talk about Roxy music all day. So um, folks can folks can DM us if they're interested in continuing that conversation. Right on, right on. Um, yes, we have a a great show today. Um, you know, before we we jump in, um, we want to give a little bit of background here on it. Um, that's something new for us because this is definitely a unique topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to your point, Stephanie. Yeah, I got. I think we got to give talk tuners just the background here for. Uh, what was going through our heads when we were thinking about doing this episode, right? So talk tuners, like Stephanie had this proximity to the actual China Grove uh, growing up. The China Groves, Doobie Brothers song, China Grove.
kind of thought, Pena, that listeners, uh, it's like, oh, this is so random. I don't know if they'd be interested in it. But I love the story. And I even love hearing about when you finally heard the song, and which was like later in adulthood. And you were just like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> so like, I just, I was like, oh, this is actually like, these are multiple fun stories. So I'm glad we're getting the chance to talk about it today. Yeah, the Doobie Brothers China Grove. Um, this, you know, <laughs> very random. It's extremely random. And I, I just didn't think folks would be interested in this um, just because it's, it is just the randomness. Let's just put it that way. It's very random. But um, as Stephanie and I have gotten to know each other, this, this particular song um, just paved a new way of bonding for us. Um, yes, you know, Stephanie, I know you love your Doobie Brothers, so, um, sure. all good. So let's jump in. Let's jump in. So who are the Doobie Brothers? Y'all stuff, kick it off. Give us some background on the Doobies. Yeah. Just for folks who might not know, the Doobie Brothers started in 1970. That was Tom Johnston, Patrick Simmons, Dave Shogren, John Hartman. They founded the band. Um, it's the fall of 1970. I think people are like, well, there's a name that I didn't hear you say with that. And uh, it's Michael McDonald, right? Because I think when people think of the Doobie Brothers, they often think of Michael McDonald um, and his very distinctive voice. But he hadn't joined the Doobies. Okay. Um, and he was a member from 1975 to 1982 and just helped bring kind of a new audience um, and new prominence. He had a more soulful sound. He had, uh, you know, taken it to the streets was his, and I think most folks know that. And then, of course, his own successful solo career. But he had not toured with the Doobies um, in 25 years until very recently when that changed. And we'll get to that because that's interesting as well. Yeah, Michael McDonald is definitely where I go with this for sure. And, um, you know, just me being introduced to both of these bands. I was introduced to Michael McDonald first. So, um, sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, just the timing because, I mean, just early 70s music. I didn't get into that until much later. Um, But no, it's awesome. So, um, and there's quite a bit of an interesting, uh, you know, story as to how Michael McDonald joined. Yeah, it was kind of strange circumstances. Uh, Tom had to leave in the middle of a tour. He had stomach illness. So they brought in Michael McDonald on keyboards and vocals. Um, They released Taking It to the Streets in... Uh, 1976, um, Johnston decided at that point to leave the group due to some stylistic differences. He had a, decided to have a solo career, but uh, he wasn't replaced. But Michael McDonald took over as primary lead vocalist. They're like, oh, this guy's like a fit for this. And then they went through, it was really a number of lineup changes over the years. Um, there's so many iterations yeah. and then even so many uh, reunions that we don't even have time, I think, to run the full spectrum during this episode of everything. Sure. But uh, an interesting takeaway is in November 2019, it was announced that Michael McDonald would return for the 50th ah. anniversary tour in 2020. And that tour, of course, with yeah. COVID was postponed, but it went forward this year. It's got Tom Johnston, Pat Simmons, John McPhee, and of course, Michael McDonald. Stephanie, the craziest thing is they actually played in your town last night. They played in San Antonio last night. Coming through. What? Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Y'all should look see my face right now. I'm just like, huh? Okay, that's awesome. Wow. 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 What are the odds? Okay. I'll I'll read and see how that show went and where they played. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, 
Michael McDonald, for sure. I just want to give a like shout out to him and some acknowledgement and some thanks just to bring this full circle, y'all, because I know that our audience is um, definitely dynamic, unique. Folks, if you do not know who Michael McDonald is, and you do know, um, you know, you're interested, you do listen to a lot of rap, hip hop, Warren G and Nate Dogg's song, Regulate, you know, Regulators, right? <laughs> you know that from 1994. The intro to that song is actually a sample of uh, Michael McDonald's I Keep Forgetting song. And so, and some fun fact in regards to Warren G and Nate Dogg's Regulate, to this date, this is the biggest single for Def Jam Records. So I'm pretty sure we have- That's kind of nuts. Yeah. I'm speaking of the catalog and we've talked about Def Jam and, you know, their history and other uh, episodes, but yeah, if you're, you know, definitely- if you haven't heard Regulate, just listen to it. It's, it's cool. It's good shit. And uh, also going to give a shout out to Michael McDonald because I learned that supposedly Wikipedia told me he founded Yacht Rock. Okay. <laughs> Which cool. is fascinating. And it just makes me wonder, like, do they consider him like the, like the godfather of it? Because I know I like know. I know a dude that. took it and made it a genre. So they're just like, oh, we love what he did. I'm going to have to go find me somebody, some rich person with a yacht and just put on some Michael McDonald just because, and so I can get a fe- an actual feeling. I'm not much of a yacht rock person personally, Fair. but uh, Fair enough. Right. I-, I can appreciate it. So I have something on my to-do list. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Stephanie, we have definitely talked about Michael McDonald in, in general. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a great artist and uh, you, know, you have a, a personal impression that I just find very <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, like like everyone these days, I do um, love to have a Michael McDonald impression. I always try to use any excuse to do that for people. And I've done that for everyone, like friends and family, to just Uber drivers who are playing like the Doobie Brothers in the car. Um, <laughs> but he's so, you know what I mean? Like he's ripe for impersonation. You know, he's got such a distinctive voice. Okay. Like you got to go over the top with it. You know what I mean? Like you really got to, it's like you got to drop in. You got to drop into the Michael McDonald that's in your heart. Okay. I have a challenge for you, Stephanie. I want you to do that song karaoke in entire Michael McDonald voice. Like that has to happen. Okay. Okay. Video. Challenge accepted. Nice. I love it. I love it. All right, man. So let's talk about the segue into China Grove. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Seth, I'll let you kick this off. Um, yeah, let's talk about the town. Yeah. So folks, I think probably know the song China Grove. And if you're listening to this episode, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. And it was all over the radio and it's still all over classic rock radio. But you might be wondering, like, what is China Grove? Like you're hearing those opening. <laughs> Like sleepy little town down around San Antone. That's what it says, right? It tells us. But China Grove is a small town in Texas, about 10 miles from San Antonio. Um, and we're wondering, okay, like, did Tom Johnston know this? Like when he wrote the song? And it's like kind of yes and no. He told song facts. Uh, the words were written last. They're made up around this whole idea of this wacky little town with a sheriff that had a samurai sword and all that sort of thing. The funny thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about that. It's a weird okay. song. 
Um, the funny thing was I found out in 1975 in a cab in Houston, there was really a China Grove. Although what happened in 1972 is we were touring in Winnebago's, we were driving into San Antonio and there was a China Grove, Texas, right outside San Antonio. I must've seen the sign and forgotten about it. And when I came up with the term China Grove, I thought I was just making it up because of the words being about this crazy sheriff with the samurai sword. So that's Tom's take on this, which, you know, it's like the plot thickens. The plot thickens. I don't even know if he really provided clarity, honestly, with that explanation. But the plot thickens. No, man. He was smoking something because that brings no clarity whatsoever. I mean, come on, y'all. For real. I mean, what? Fine. <laughs> random share. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that that's wild, y'all. So this, <laughs> let me give you, let, let me start talking about China Grove in general. Hell yeah. Guys. <laughs> okay. According to Google Maps. My, uh, my house, my parents' house is approximately 1.8 miles from China Grove. So it's not Wild. 10 miles from San Antonio. It is literally a dip and a toe outside of Bear County, which is San Antonio's main county. Cause I yeah. am from San Antonio, not Crazy. China Grove. Here's the deal, <laughs> y'all. Just gonna make that clear. Ch- China Grove is a sleepy town. <laughs> Because you're going to blink and it's fucking gone. Blinking it is that. literally like it's all. So, okay, let me, let me back and just paint this whole picture y'all. Okay. I am in San Antonio city limits. My parents grew up off of 87, uh, my house, excuse me. My neighborhood was off of 87, interstate 87. If you keep going down, you're going to run into a series of really small towns. And in my you know, personal opinion, there's nothing there and there really isn't. So I, mean, I may have some friends who actually live in China Grove. They live in China Grove now because it's a country land. It's Cowtown. That's all it is. So it trips me out that this song was actually thought was actually, uh, you know, created with the, with the thought of this sheriff with the samurai sword, because what the hell was he trying to conquer? What the fucking cow? Like I don't get it, y'all. Because China Grove ain't got shit but a fucking Dairy Queen. That's all you're gonna find <laughs> is a Dairy Queen, and that wasn't even founded oh until God. like 2013, something like that. Like there's nothing there to do now. Supposedly there's this like mini golf course or something, but great, <laughs> great. That is it. That is it. Um, I grew up in an extremely unique school district because my particular school district had inner city kids and country folks, the country folks from China Grove um, and other blink of an eye towns like St. Hedwig. Um, So it was a surreal experience. So basically guys, you have, when you get out of my neighborhood, you go right to go towards these country lands. I never went right. I always went right. I wasn't trying to hang out in China Grove. Um, (laughs) It's literally, (laughs) literally the sticks. Um, And so for me, that, extremely extremely funny just even hearing this song okay y'all this song first time i heard it i was actually in college working at old navy and old navy is notorious for putting together some really good uh mix mixes of 70s song and and 80s 90s whatever they jam y'all i mean i know things have changed lately we don't usually go to storefronts i know a lot of people shop online but if you do remember the good old days when you walked into Old Navy, they always had a strong uh, soundtrack. And so yeah. I loved it. That was one of the reasons why I love working on Old Navy was the oh, music. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was introduced to China Grove. And I shit you not, like I'm like doing my thing. I was probably folding some t-shirts, some flag tees, who knows what the hell, during this time. 
And all of a, all of a sudden I just hear, oh, China Grove. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? What is this? <laughs> totally tripped me out. Talk tuners, just so, just so you fully understand. Penny had never heard this song. Like, this is the first time. This wasn't like, oh, damn, that's weird that they included the song. Like, this is the first time she'd heard the song. So just, like, painting the picture, like, this must have been quite the experience for you. Yeah, I mean, because I ran away from that shit in 1999. <laughs> I graduated high school, and I'm like, okay, do my thing. What the fuck? China Grove? And I, like, literally, like, I, I was like, wait, did they just say China Grove? I was asking all my, you know, associates there. I'm like, Okay, y'all, is this song about China Grove? They're like, yeah. You didn't hear the first line? A little sleepy town, a sleepy town outside of San Antonio. I'm like, no, I've never heard this fucking song before. And so I'm just like, why? Why? And then, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. And we were, and Stephanie and I were friends in college in case let's bring this back. So, um, you know, we're learning about each other, our music lights. And that's how we bonded was over music. And I just, I remember us chatting. I'm like, Hey Steph, I had, I worked today and very random. I heard a song about China Grove, which is a, a no town. It's a cow town, literally like dipping a toe outside of San Antonio city limits. And I have tons of friends there and this is wild. <laughs> and now even learning about this backstory about a sheriff with a samurai sword. I don't, I don't get it. Like I, I, right. I, I need, to talk to the Doobie Brothers, and I wish that I was, I knew that they were in town because I would find some music journalist or something to just chat with them and really let us know what the hell this song is about. Because right. seriously, right, I mean, there's nothing <laughs> going down in China Grove unless you want a blizzard. You know, you're into Dairy Queen, that's your shit. But <laughs> y'all, I'm still floored that this song fucking exists. <laughs> Sure. I mean, it's, it's super nuts, super nuts. Um, yeah. So that was a, a very sp special moment in my life because I literally ran from that shit when I graduated high school. I'm like, yep, not going to think about this anymore. There's nothing to it. Um, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Doobie brothers. I think. Right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just what a wild moment for you. You know, what a wild moment to like grow up with the actual place that they're talking about hear it for the first time, like as a grown adult and be like, what are we doing? Like, what is happening right now? What does this even mean? I mean, I just, I'm like, I really, I think about that moment for you. I'm sure I, it was just wild. I, yeah, I'm just totally tripped out. I mean, I can really think about them. I mean, just putting together the bits and pieces that you shared around the origins of this song. Um, you know, they're, I don't even know which way they were going in a Winnebago because it doesn't make sense, y'all. I mean, look, why in the fuck would you go in China Grove? Because, I mean, here's the deal. If you look at a map, and I really do, I challenge my our talk tuners to look up China Grove and see where the coordinates are. It's not near a major highway. Like, I don't, what were the Doobie Brothers doing? I need context. I'm just like, really, man, just, just be honest and just say you were fucking high and somehow you went, like, I don't get it. I just yeah. don't. It's not near a major highway at all it's it's i'm just i need to stop but i'm just like <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this and we're gonna tag the right doobie brothers upon this episode's yeah. release and we're gonna see what they say yes i mean i mean you're you know you're a music journalist always will be in my in my eyes so i'm putting you on the project we okay. need to talk to tim johnson because all right we'll oh, figure out what tom johnson yeah we'll figure out what tom's <laughs> saying 
we'll be like, hey, do you want to give us a little more context? Tom, you're invited on the show. Tiff, do you want to do come do that? You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Well, too. yeah. So okay. And this. So again, y'all learning more, more and more about about me uh, <laughs> and our friendship. I love this. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we have assignments. Okay. We got assignments. We got assignments. As usual, I feel like uh, we always leave the talk tuners with a little bit of food for thought, and we have today. And so we uh, we welcome you guys to get in touch and tell us what you're thinking about this. You can find us on all the socials. We're at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. You can also always go to stephaniestalktunes.com, listen to all the episodes. And on that site, you can also support us by picking up some merch if you're so inclined, either for yourself or for gifts for others, perhaps for the holidays. But we do... But we do encourage you to get in touch. Social is where we're at kind of all the time. Uh, you can also see some cool occasional bonus content there. A few little behind the scenes stuff. I recently posted about my recent trip to Vegas. Um, I got to see the Bad Out of Hell musical, which I loved, which everyone should see if they get the chance. It was very on my brand to go do that. So <laughs> you guys should definitely be out there checking that out fun stuff that we share musically over there um and then yeah it also if you guys want to connect with us anytime talk directly stephanie's talk tunes at gmail.com yeah so music nerds let's unite man come come chat with us on the socials come to you know send us an email i love it absolutely love it and we are a proud member of the pantheon network and check it out um we are part of a network of fantastic music related podcast that's all pantheon has and we're very excited to announce that uh, pantheon has their own app so feel free to download that from you know google google play store apple um and you can discover other podcasts and listen to us there of course um this has been quite fun <laughs> i might right, have to go get myself a blizzard um, Absolutely. And the Dairy Queen in a minute. So, all right. Um, thanks for tuning in, Talk Tuners. This is Stephanie Pena, and I'm out. I'm out, Talk Tuners. Stephanie Myers, we'll see you in two weeks. Rock and roll, peace out.